We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Edition Dice Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. This evening, I am missing my my PIC, as the kids say, partner in crime. Dan Sanyo is out of the building, and so do solo show, Nathan? No, no, no solo show today. I got uh, my good friend John Hogue, who recently had me on his podcast. I was like, you know what? I have to have John on my podcast, not at obligation, but because I need someone. So I'm not talking to myself for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, John Hogue, Superflex Dude, at Superflex Dude on Twitter. How are you tonight, John? Uh, man, I'm so I'm so pumped to be here and uh, to get to talk to you again, Nathan. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, that's that's my favorite way to sneak onto someone's show is just out of necessity. So that's always <laughs> that's always my favorite. <laughs> and your and your your podcast on the DLF family of podcasts. That's the uh, uh, the Superflex Super Show, right? Yeah, Superflex Super Show. And then uh, I also do a live show. It's 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 pretty inconsistent, but we call it Superflex Super Friday. Sometimes, and, uh, sometimes for, on a Monday. Uh, yeah, it happens on Mondays. <laughs> if for a while there was it was strictly on Mondays, and now it's just kind of yeah. When we get time, let's uh, let's do a live show. Um, but oh. that's on the DLF uh, YouTube channel. Sounds good. Oh, you can also find some of my commissioner work on the DLF YouTube channel. Not to pl- cross plug on the road of his uh, radio over here. But today <laughs> we're going to cover some news and notes. And then we're going to play a little game of rookie, rookie on the vet with uh, some uh, rookies of the quarterback position because uh, hence Superflex dude is in the building. So let's start off with our news and notes. Our first one, the big the big news this week, and this is this is tough because uh, John, for, for those unfamiliar, <laughs> we're recording on a Tuesday night, and this podcast usually comes out around like Thursday afternoon, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this news may so be this outdated. Could change. And yeah. Things could change. Uh, currently, yeah. um, the the council, the the judge has recommended Deshaun Watson be suspended for six games. Um, it is yet to be decided whether the NFL 
will follow through with that suspension. Um, it seems like the NFL has leaned towards possibly going more than that six games. And I feel like that would obviously end up in some sort of legal battle. So, John, what are your initial, obviously not like moral uh, reaction to it, but <laughs> what's your initial fantasy reaction to, to, to the six-game suspension? And do you think that the NFL is going to raise it? And how, basically, how are you reacting from a dynasty market standpoint with that? I'm, I'll be honest. I, I think that this sticks at six games. I mean, I, I could see the NFL appealing it, maybe get it up to eight games. I think that's the absolute worst case. Well, you know, depending on your perspective, again, the morality side, we won't talk about, but um, I think that that is probably the absolute max for Deshaun Watson, but I, it just feels like there's a little bit of a, there's, there's a little bit of politics going on here where you know they in in the latest collective bargaining agreement they end up with a third party arbitrator for disciplinary stuff and you know because it felt like Roger Goodell's system for uh, handing down discipline was really pretty you know it, it seemed kind of random it seemed kind of arbitrary and uh, and very inconsistent and so he's like okay so here's your here's your third party arbitrator and we've got to go with whatever she says. And then, you know, in our next CBA, we're going to be we're going to be looking at this again. So I think this really just kind of gives the NFL leverage to take that that power back later. And so I think they're probably going to let this stand and say, yeah, this is what happens when you let the union get involved. Yeah, I, I think from a dynasty value perspective, I don't really see how a suspended six games to Sean Watson escapes the first round of startups. I know start, I know yeah. it's, it's beginning of August and probably not very many super flex startups going on right now, but if there is, I don't see Deshaun Watson getting out of the first round. Don't see him escaping those, those top, you know, six quarter top six quarterbacks. So I guess yep. the, my, my question here, and this is more so me as someone who I have Deshaun Watson in one league. So it's, uh, it, it's not to my benefit for him to do well in fantasy essentially. Um, <laughs> but with, with Deshaun Watson, do you think that is there any sort of worry from a football perspective with the year and a half layoff of no football? Do you think that could have impact on, on his play? Or do you think that, you know, he's, you know, good as new starting week seven, week eight? Yeah, I think that he's it, there, there could definitely be some rust. I think that that's, uh, that's, you know, going to be a fair concern. He's going to get a full training camp here. So you know, I, I think we're going to knock the rust off and then serve the six game suspension. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm not too worried as far as that goes. I think, uh, I think they've got a, a system that's really kind of built around the run. They're going to, they're going to be able to give him some training wheels if he needs it. Um, you know, relying on the, the run and the short passing game. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I'm, I have no concerns. And if you're if you're looking to acquire uh, Deshaun Watson right now in Dynasty, are you trading down from one of the top guys and you know taking on some of that risk with a, a Patrick Mahomes or a Kyler Murray, or are you trading up from some more of the the mid tier guys in the quarterback position? So basically, if you're trying to go after Watson, are you starting with Herbert Allen Mahomes and trying to get something on top of of Watson, or are you mm -hmm. looking more at the the Dak Lance Wilson, you know that? that area in terms of trying to acquire Watson. Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of depends on your roster build because, you know, we've, we've got a young, uh, a young quarterback here who's proven to be elite 
I mean, he was among, he was right there with Pat Mahomes those first two years that they were both NFL starters. Uh, he was, you know, the, the stats were almost identical. And, uh, you know, I, so we kind of have this, he's, he's still relatively young, relatively fresh. We kind of get this opportunity here to where you can, you know, kind of wherever you're at, you can, you can rebuild around him. You can, um, you, you know, you can, uh, kind of bolster, reinforce, a, a contender, uh, whichever way you need to go. I think that I would prefer to, to tear down to him. Um, I typically like to do that with quarterbacks anyways. I would much rather go from Mahomes to Watson plus rather than give up anybody who's going to be starting early in the season, you know, to, a yeah. Um, you know, guys like that and, and move up to a guy that I'm not going to get to start the season. Yeah. And if, so if you're moving down from Mahomes to Watson, I think this might be a little bit on the, you know, obviously off field or playing a part of this. If you're moving from Mahomes to Watson, what are you expecting that plus to be to, to you know, take on that, you know, you're, you're taking on the 16th suspension, you're taking on the risk of, you know, a guy who has off the field problems, like, are you expecting like a first round rookie pick? Are you expecting like a, a seventh round startup pick? Like what, what is the range of value of a player or asset you're looking to, to bridge the gap between those two players? You know, I think there's a decent chance that a lot of players have a very small gap, like, you know, a second round rookie pick or something crazy like that. Right. Yeah. Which, and, and here's the thing. I almost, I, I just kind of as a general rule, like I, I won't move within the, you know, within the top, tier to a quarterback, um, kind of depending, you know, depending on how you line up your tiers, I won't move within those tiers for less than a first round pick. I just don't see a reason to do it. You know, even if I was going to go from, um, Josh Allen to Justin Herbert or, or, you know, vice versa, um, depending on how you have it ranked, I still just, you know, if, if, if we're saying that it's so close, that a second round rookie pick gets it done, then what, why are we making the move? You know, mm -hmm. it's almost yeah. like making the move straight across. So I think that there's got to be fairly significant value if you're going to make a move like that. So I think the very minimum that I would do is a first round pick. Yeah. And for me, if I'm looking to acquire Watson, I'm probably more so on the, on the end of tearing up because I, I'm mm -hmm. looking at my, my Josh Allen, my Justin Herberts, my Patrick Mahomes and be like, I don't want to take on that risk of what Mahomes or what Watson can be, which is probably why I'm not going to end up having a lot of them. But what, what where I'll tear up is I'll take a Russell Wilson and add a piece. I'll take a Jalen Hurts and add a piece. Um, yeah. And obviously the, the piece might literally there be at least a first round pick, but you are buying years on the side of Russell Wilson. You're buying talent on the, the, the side of, of Jalen Hurts. So I, I think that if I'm, if I'm making a move for Watson right now, I'm trying to take one of those other top 10 quarterbacks that are below him and kind of get to, to where he is, which I pretty much is probably around QB six, QB seven right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, let's go to our first big training camp injury, unless my brain is escaping me. And it is one Tim Patrick uh, of the Denver Broncos. Tim Patrick, maybe, maybe we'll, we're talking about the concept of why are Jerry Judy and, uh, um, you know, KJ Hamler and company, why are they going ahead of Tim Patrick? Tim Patrick has shown to be more reliable on the field. Oh, um, and Cortland Sun, of course. But Patrick has been pr uh, producing over the last couple of years. He stayed healthy uh, when a lot of those other receivers have not. Um, so now he is not healthy, and now it's the Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy show for the Denver Broncos. So how much of this is an opportunity for, for Jerry Judy and, um, and Cortland Sutton, or how much of this is this more of a, 
this did not need to happen for the quote unquote breakout of of Sutton and Judy, (laughs) in my opinion. And so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, 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 with Sutton, I definitely agree. I think that the Sutton's workload was just going to be what it is. You know, he's, he's kind of the alpha build. He's kind of the, you know, he, he works at all levels. Um, Judy is more of a, a finesse kind of route runner type that isn't going to get the attention of Russell Wilson quite as easily, unless you don't have, you know, quite as many options out on the field. So I think that this, this, does a lot more for Jerry Judy. I think uh, Cortland Sutton, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't really move the needle either way. Yeah. I, I think that what it does is it raises the floor of Jerry Judy, you know, the, the concept yeah. that he, he could have possibly been the wire receiver three in that offense. It was within the range of outcomes and now it really isn't. Jerry Judy is locked into a top two wire receiver spot in that Russell Wilson offense. And we'll see, you know, do, do the Broncos quote unquote, let Russ cook and, and, you know, open up that passing game or do they continue to use the running backs with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So I, I think that the, the biggest, you know, the, the loser here of this deal is Tim Patrick. He, he goes from a guy who was probably worth like, you know, a, a, a ninth, 10th, 11th round startup pick just because of, you know, how he's done with the volume he's gotten. Um, but obviously he doesn't have the draft capital, doesn't have, uh, you know, the pedigree behind him. So um his time dynasty value does take a nosedive because the people behind him and, and with him are going to get the opportunity, but also he just doesn't, you know, have the value to maintain, you know, over the course of an entire year from season ending injury. Um, yep. Does this have any impact on uh, just going through the Broncos almost does have any impact for you on uh, Albert O or do you think that that's minimal impact between the two? Yeah, I think it's I think it's fairly minimal impact across the rest of the passing game. To be honest with you, I think for one thing, Albert O is in for a little bit of a, a camp battle between uh, Greg Dulcich and actually they really like Eric Sobert. So there's kind of three tight ends in the mix right now. Mm-hmm. This gives them the opportunity to go more, you know, two tight end sets. Um, and, you know, get both of them on the field and, uh, you know, you're going to see, you're going to get some, uh, some boom games from KJ Hamler and from, you know, various tight ends running backs in the passing game. So I, you know, I, I just, I just felt all along, like beyond Sutton and possibly Judy, this was going to be a, just kind of a, a situation to stay away from it's the, the offense as a whole gets better with Russell Wilson, but just the makeup of that of that, uh, that passing game beyond Sutton and possibly Judy, it was just going to be a weekly battle to try and figure out, you know, who, who's startable here. So, um, you know, in best ball leagues, I think that, uh, that every one of these guys gets a bump, but man, if, if, if we're talking about trying to figure out who to get into your lineup on a weekly basis, I just want nothing to do with it beyond Sutton. Yeah, and I, I do think there's definitely even if you don't trust Judy early on, I think that obviously there's certainly the, the concept of him breaking out and then becoming very startable. Um, sure. Let's let's go to our uh, next big news of the day: Debo Samuel contract extension. Um, I believe a three-year deal. I'm not sure if this is three years on top or three years including this year. Either way, uh, extended with the Forty uh, Nineers. I believe it was three years on top. Um, mm-hmm. the, the most intriguing part of this extension is the uh, incentives related to rushing. So some of the some of the news from the offseason, what or some of the posturing between the Niners and, and Debo Samuel was that Debo Samuel allegedly didn't want to be as significant a part of a running game because obviously puts a lot of damage on your body. You know stuff that you don't ordinarily see from the wide receiver position. But 
Debo Samuel did include incentives uh, for, uh, I think it's 380 rushing yards or three touchdowns or both. Um, but capping out it, I think it's like 1.8 million or, some, or something along those lines. Um, basically, he is financially uh, incentivized to continue playing the, you know, slash running back wide receiver position. So do you think we'll see, you know, a similar amount of Debo Samuel in the backfield, you know, less or, or even more? I think it'll be pretty similar. Um, if anything, I would expect more. The funny thing is, I mean, as soon as he gets a contract, now we're hearing from Debo himself that that, that was all overblown, that he was misquoted, that he he actually wants to run the ball. And it's like, okay, yeah, now that there's money involved, you want to run the ball. So that's fun. But yeah, I, I and I, it just it just makes a ton of sense to give Trey Lance in his first year as a starter as many weapons as you can close to the line of scrimmage. You're going to, you're going to have to design some runs for him, but you also need to have the ability to, you know, just to get the ball out of his hands quickly and, you know, having a, a, you know, kind of a multi-use weapon like Debo Samuel, is just kind of the perfect training wheels for a young quarterback like that. Uh, Especially one with, you know, kind of questionable <laughs> mechanics throwing the ball down the field. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I just think for the development of Trey Lance alone, I think that, yeah, you really kind of go back to leaning on Debo Samuel, either in the running game or in the short passing game. And how for in Dynasty, how does Debo Samuel rank among this group of, of, of wide receivers who got these big contract extensions this year? A.J. Brown, um, you know, uh, AJ Brown, sorry, uh, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams. Like, where do you have him among those guys? Is he higher, lower? Right now, actually, up, he's above every single one of those guys in Dynasty ADP at wide receiver five. Yeah. And that's how I have it ranked as well, if I remember right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a big part of it is you can kind of look at the contracts and it tells a, it tells a story within the story. You know, you look at Devontae Adams, that. Uh, it's a what a four or five year contract, 141 million, I believe, something like that. But when you break it down, it really kind of looks like a, a series of one year contracts. They've got outs every single year where the uh, the you know the the cap hit is greater than the dead cap, and that's not the case with Debo Samuel. They're pretty committed to him for at least the next two to three years. So the next three years, if I remember right, so. Yeah, the the way they structured that tells you that he's part of their long-term plans. And, uh, you know, some of these older guys uh, are not getting the same type of deals. Yeah, I I, I still think from a, you know, quote-unquote talent perspective that he is a, a shade behind A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. But I do mm-hmm. think that the, the, the differentiator there might be the fact that you know, the usage that, you know, you're not seeing DK Metcalf line up in the backfield. You're not seeing uh, AJ Brown with the, the sweeps as, as, at least as much as Debo Samuel. So I think the volume yeah. is on the, the volumes on Debo's side, but we'll see how that, you know, hashes out over the course of time. And one thing that I think that is slightly of note and maybe less so because you just got a big extension, but Brandon Ayuk was non-existent at points last year. And so I'm assuming Brandon Ayuk is going to go from being non-existent to existent again. Does that worry you at all if Brandon Ayuk has a re-breakout that 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 might you know decrease the volume of Debo Samuel? Not really. I like I said, I think Trey Lance is going to be a, a lot of uh, close to the line of scrimmage type of stuff um, it, early on, 
you know, I think they're going to try and make it easy for him, try and, uh, try and spread the field and, and try and, uh, um, you know, give him quick, easy reads to make. And, and I, you know, I can, I, I, I can definitely see a scenario where Brandon Ayuk is, is more involved than he was last year. I mean, he has to be more involved than he was last year. It can't be worse, but uh, yeah, I just, I just think that it's one of those situations where you just have such a, a different type of role for Debo Samuel. And it's so defined for both of those guys that they don't really cross into one another. You know, it's almost like um, back when you had, you know, Randy Moss and Wes Welker uh, on the same Patriots team, they're, they're playing such different positions and they're playing in such different ways that they really just kind of don't, they don't, you know, encroach on one another's territory. Yep. And let's wrap up with some news regarding tampering. Um, the Dolphins uh, confirmed tampered with Tom Brady and Sean Payton to try and allure him, lure Brady back in you know 2020 and in 2022, Sean Payton several times throughout those years. Um, now the fantasy impact. So you might say, oh, there's very minimal impact. You know, there's so many roster spots, yada yada. I think there might be a, a shade of a fantasy impact here in regards to Mike Gusecki. And it may be a reach to say this, but when you lose a first round pick, you can't then also afford to lose a very talented weapon in the form of Mike Gusecki. So I'd be very surprised if after losing a first round pick, they also let Mike Gusecki walk because that is double the loss of, of, of premium or calling Mike Gusecki premium asset might be a little bit of stretch, but very solid, a very solid asset at, at the very least with Mike Gusecki. So I think that obviously they can't extend him anytime between now and like a February, but I think that now that they've lost this first round pick, they're going to make it a priority to make sure to resign Mike Gusecki to a long-term deal. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really just kind of locks in all the guys that you, that you have, you're just not going to have an opportunity to replace very many of them at all, um, you know, for, for a while, you're going to, uh, oh, yeah. be... and also that th- this makes it like even more make or break time for Tua because like, obviously he was already yes. on, on a bit of a hot seat, but it's interesting because if he plays poorly, it doesn't help them at all in terms of getting their next quarterback other than I guess <laughs> having an earlier second round pick. But yeah. if, if he pays if he plays poorly, it might result in the, the Dolphins having to make some huge godfather offer with like multiple first round picks in the future in order to get up from that early second round into, you know, wherever the quarterbacks are being taken in 2023. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously, all the it, pressure, all the pressure on Tua to make sure that, that lost first round pick ends up being as late as possible. It feels like all of a sudden, I, I don't know how you go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater with the type of pressure that they have. All of a sudden, this, this feels like a good landing spot for, uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden, just because, you know, the, there's a familiarity with, with Mike McDaniel. And above all else, you've got to have a quarterback. You've got to have insurance at quarterback because, you know, you're, you're in a very, very defined window right at the moment. You've got to start winning games this year. And if it's not Tua, you've got to have somebody who can, uh, who sure. can keep you going. Sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I see Jimmy G getting traded to a spot where he isn't the presumed starter. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that, that would be the difficult part of that. But, but I do think it makes it makes sense from a you know an NFL perspective. Yeah. Now, before we get into some rookie rookie of the vet, before we get into some rookie of the vet, let's talk about our friends over at Underdog. Tua has pressure on him. 
and you have pressure on you to go to underdog from me i'm telling you you have to go to underdog underdog fantasy to get your 100 percent deposit match you can get deposit 100 dollars 100 dollars you know on on top of that for you to enter best ball mania 3 get your the puppy get your the the labrador i i think the labrador was a joke thing the great dane there we go the puppy the great dane and the and best ball mania 3 that those are the three big ones for you and you can enter more and more of those with your 100 dollar deposit match using promo code rotoviz r o t o v i z best ball mania Best ball, pick them, anything you can want. Oh, and by the way, not that this matters to you, underdog's worth a bajillion dollars. So that came out last week. Um, worth lots of money. And so make sure you are putting some of your money so you can be, have a chance at $2 million along with other awesome stuff going on at Underdog Fantasy. Promo code RotoViz, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So we have a, uh, what's, what is a three called? That's not a triplet. A tria. A tri- there is a, a, a triumvirate. Triumvirate. There we go. That's what I was looking for. That's <laughs> There's a big, big word. That's what we pay the big bucks for, John. Uh, I don't. I haven't paid you a cent, and I never will. Um, uh, but uh, the triumvirate of rookie of the vets. Um, we'll start off with the QB one of the NFL draft in 2022. The year is 2022. I had to double check that. Uh, Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers, rookie. Kenny Pickett of the vets. Zach Wilson. So uh, looking at. So two players that are uh, valued closely uh, in Dynasty ADP right now. Oh, I guess before we enter this conversation, um, I, I do want to ask you this because I always ask people who who play a lot of Superflex. When you're comparing two quarterbacks, like a Pickett versus a, a Zach Wilson, and obviously it can differ, you know, p- veteran versus rookie, old versus young, all those different things. How do those things take a factor in the difference between a one QB league and a Superflex? So, what do you value more in Superflex in a QB versus one Q- QB, or is there minimal difference between the two? 
I think that you you worry a little bit less about age in Superflex. Um, you know, we're we're really just kind of looking for we need guys with with job security, essentially, uh, especially in these dynasty leagues. You know, we just need guys who we know are going to be on the field. Um, and it, it, from there, you 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 don't worry too much about. Um, you know, how much longer are they going to be on the field necessarily? Because we've seen, I mean, how many guys at this point has Tom Brady outlasted in the amount of time that we've, that we've had him on retirement watch. So, you know, it, you, you, you're going to lose some of these guys year to year anyways. You just don't want to have to address the position is, um, you know, every single year if you can avoid it. So, um, you know, so, so getting a rookie actually isn't that big of a benefit because we have no idea what we're getting. It, you know, for example, this, this, this is going to be a, a fairly quick exercise because I can't stand this rookie class of quarterbacks. So, uh, and, and it's going to be, it, it's just so hard to trust those guys. It's so hard to figure out, are any of these even going to get a shot? And if so, when, and if, if, and even then, you know, how long is it going to last? So it just, you know, you're, you're really just kind of taking on risk every time you uh, prioritize youth where it's just, it's, it's, it's a, the advantage that you can create in Superflex is by finding the guys with, you know, job security, regardless of age. So, you know, Dak Prescott, we're 29 years old. We're, we're still going to get five or six years with him you know, guys like that. Um, so yeah, it, the, the, it, we're in a one quarterback league. You're just kind of like, you know, I, anybody who can, it, as long as I can set it for and forget it, I'm good. So, you know, I think the rookie quarterbacks are a little bit more viable in a one quarterback league. Okay. So with that said, can you pick it or Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson. I love Zach Wilson, by the way, like this has been one of my guys all off season talking about, uh, you know, that we, we started to see, we saw, saw kind of a half a step from him at the, uh, at, towards the end of the season, particularly running the football, which we always love for fantasy football purposes. We always love it when we get rushing yards and rushing touchdowns from our quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, we also saw, we saw plenty of arm talent, uh, throughout the season and throughout the draft process. And now, you know, you get Elijah Moore finally fully healthy and you add Garrett Wilson, you've got that group of tight ends. You've got, now you've got a, a credible running game behind him with Brees Hall. It's just, they've just loaded that offense up for Zach Wilson. And I think that he's going to take advantage. So I don't even have to, you know, bad mouth Kenny Pickett here, just to say that, Zach Wilson is one of my favorite sleepers for 2022. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Zach Wilson here, and it's two things. It's the, the second overall draft capital, and more so than that, it is the wide receivers around him. It's the Garrett Wilson. It's the Elijah Moore. It's the Corey Davis to, to even extent. And I like the tight ends as well. Tyler Gronklin, as the kids say, uh, and CJ Uzoma, and Jeremy Ruckert. So, yeah, I think that the Jets are putting together a very solid offense together. And like Zach Wilson is going to be a beneficiary of that. And so, yeah, I think it's Zach Wilson pretty easily here. Um, next one, rookie Malik Willis or the Vets, Davis Mills. Where are you at with this one? This one's actually kind of tough, but I'm still going to go with Davis Mills just because we know he's a week one starter. 
And, you know, we, we know that they don't have a whole lot behind him. They're not really pushing him off the field. It's really just going to come down to how many, how many games can you win? And, you know, can you win enough games to keep us away from the top of the draft so we can go take your replacement, uh, you know, force us to, uh, to give you another year, another shot. So, you know, he's, it, he kind of controls his destiny where I'm not totally sure what the path is for Malik Willis. I, 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 I have no doubt that they have some kind of plan. That's why they drafted him, but they did wait till the third round. So it also could have been a little bit of a value type of move. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I can't tell you when Malik Willis gets on the field, if he gets on the field. And even if he does, does that necessarily mean that he's their long-term starter or is it just kind of an end-of-the-year audition? Yeah, so I talked about we talked about a little bit with the one QB versus Superflex difference. This is where I think there's a difference. I think that in a Superflex league, give me Davis Mills because he is going to start 17 mm-hmm. games. I don't think you're guaranteed Malik Willis will ever start 17 games in his life. And so I'm going to take those 17 games and ride them. And one QB, not that you're actually exactly clamoring to hold a roster spot for Malik Willis, but in one QB, Malik Willis is sitting there waiting for a Ryan Tannehill injury, and Malik Willis has the Konami code with him, where if he is thrust into that opportunity, kind of like a Jalen Hurts is who I've compared him to, where you have that ability that if he ends up getting into the lineup, he's going to be very startable for fantasy. So in one QB, I'll take Willis, and in Superflex 2 QB, I'll take Mills because I think there will be starts. I'm not positive about that from Malik Wills. Yeah. And we'll wrap up the show with um, another rookie or the vet, the rookie Desmond Ritter or the veteran Baker Mayfield. Where are we at with this one, John? And we're definitely getting closer, but uh, it, it, same thing. It's, it's Baker Mayfield just because, you know, he's a week one starter. You know that most likely scenario is he starts the entire season. And, you know, Desmond Ritter, I think, has probably the, at this point the clearest path to a starting job among all the rookies. And that includes Kenny Pickett, by the way. I think that Ritter has the clearest path. But again, it's just how long does it take for him to take Mar- Marcus Mariota off the field and, uh, and finally get his shot? So um, just, you know, just with that unknown. And again, you know, you know, like you said, in Superflex in particular, we're looking for the guys who are on the field. That's Mayfield, and it's not Ritter. Yeah, my take on with this one is that the question is, is the 2021 Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield? Because if the 2021 Baker Mayfield's Baker Mayfield, this is Ritter in a, a landslide. Baker Mayfield, 2021 Baker Mayfield isn't an NFL starting quarterback, isn't a starting quarterback. And therefore, Ritter at least has a chance to su- supplant that. But if you think that Baker Mayfield is closer to 2019-2020 Baker Mayfield, then there's a chance that he is a long-term starter. So I I am a believer in Baker Mayfield. I'm also a believer in, in Desmond Ritter. So, I mean, I would gladly roster both these guys on my team. Um, they might even be a decent combo because, like, you, you're you guaranteed, yeah. guaranteed to have Baker until Ritter, you know, gets the start, you know, more or less without the, the injury component. Um, but, yeah, I think that due to – the draft capital due to DJ Moore, I will very slightly give a slight edge to, to Baker Mayfield with the acknowledgement that, you know, one year from today, Baker's floor is a lot lower than Ritter's. And I think their, their ceilings are probably pretty similar. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that that's probably fair. I, it's, 
it, the other tough part for Ritter is going to be just kind of a lack of weapons. You know, it's, it's really going to be primarily going to be Kyle Pitts. Um, I, and, unless, you know, we're, we're, I guess what we're really kind of chasing at that point is breakouts from two rookies, Drake London and Desmond Ritter, both at the same time at positions that historically take a year or two, you know, so it's, it, it's definitely possible, but, uh, I, I, I think I like Baker Mayfield's floor a little bit better too, just because of the weapons around him. Right, right. There's a difference between short-term floor and long-term floor. The long-term yep. floor is very low, but the short-term floor for Baker is pretty high. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Any last words, John? No, man. That uh, it it, it was it was fun. It was uh, it was good to get back on the mic with you so soon. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was already starting to miss your face. So the fact that we got back to it so quick, yeah, there I really go. appreciate it, Nathan. Oh, absolutely happy to, happy to to do the crossover. Uh, make sure to follow John at the Superflex Dude. Check out his uh, show, the Superflex Super Show, on the DLF Family Podcast, and all his stuff on the DLF YouTube channel as well. We will, I'm sure, our paths will cross soon, John. When you know, Dan it. has another work emergency. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Promo code Rotoviz, RV Radio 2022 for your your uh, all your discounts and tools, all that great stuff. And kadosh!